Good afternoon, church family. It is good to be with you yet again for another midweek man. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to open up with a word of prayer and we will continue in the book of 2 Samuel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, as we hear these scriptures about David, about Bathsheba, about Uriah, O oh God, yet again we open up our hearts, Lord, to see the, the formation of God's people, Lord, these scriptures, Lord, these books in your holy word, Lord, they speak to us, Lord, they can speak, Lord, certainly to our character, to our place in life, to our own situation, Lord, in life, Lord. It is relevant, Lord, and it is anointed by you. And thanks be to God always for your word. We ask this now in Jesus' holy name. Amen. So, church, what I want to do is uh, turn to Second Samuel chapter 11, and I want to begin with verse... 15 here, continuing uh, with the saga of David and Bathsheba and Uriah. Hear, hear now these, these words. It says, And he wrote in a letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and die. That is, David, king at this time, uh, maneuvering and being uh, quite uh, quite deceptive uh, in his actions, wanting uh, what he wants, of course, um, living out uh, in in the flesh instead of what God has called him to do. So let, let, let me just speak a moment about a little bit of uh, reflection questions and, and context here. Uh, page 113 of... Uh, the mothers and the daughters of the Bible speak, says this, Let this sink in. The plot to murder an honorable man, Uriah, cooked up by the king himself, David. Uriah was such a devoted soldier that David didn't hesitate to ask him to deliver this confidential letter, which contained instructions for ending Uriah's life because David knew Uriah would never pierce the seal of secrecy. As we see David's treachery grow, we learn nothing about how Bathsheba was coping. She did, or excuse me, rather, did she have any clue what the king was up to? Did she even know Uriah had been in town? It's hard to imagine that word of her husband's unexpected visit hadn't made its way to her. If she heard Uriah was at the palace, she probably figured out that David was trying desperately to cover his tracks. But we see no communication between Bathsheba and the king as he sets his homicidal plan in motion. Wow, you, you, you know, if you think about it, you can take uh, this very occurrence, this uh, right out of the Bible and put it into uh, today's time. Can you not? A plot of murder, a plot of treachery, a plot of deception uh, to ultimately fulfill the flesh, to uh, certainly live out flesh needs instead of a need 
for God. Let me continue here, 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. It says this, So while Joab had the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew that the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite had died. Tragic ending there. So take note, again quoting from page 113, not only was Uriah killed, but the Bible also tells us that others lost their lives as part of David's deadly scheme. His plan led to multiple innocent casualties as Joab was forced to send his troops to undertake a risky and pointless action just to disguise Uriah's murder. When the word of the deaths reached David, he didn't crumble in guilt and shame. Listen to this. Instead, he directed a messenger to Joab. Or, excuse me, directed a messenger to tell Joab a word that I want to pick up on for next week. So I'm going to leave you in suspense there. But just know what we have is human nature. In all of its failings, living itself out here. Treachery, deception, plotting against one's brother. It's tragic. Absolutely tragic. How is this story any different than how people are living in a fallen world today? You know, maybe you've had in your own heart a plot of deception. Maybe you've had it in your own heart a plot of revenge against someone, a boss, a friend, a neighbor, a family member. We're all fallible. We're all fallen. But this word can speak to us in that way. That's how we can relate to this, that we fall short of the glory of God, do we not? That we ultimately give in to live out our sin nature rather than giving it over to God first and living a God and Jesus-centered life as well. We certainly see that through David. And yet, he had a heart of God. Uh, His heart was, uh, was filled with compassion for the Lord, and yet he made mistakes. He faltered. He was fallen. That's my story. That's your story. Thanks be to God for the cross at Calvary, whereby the Lord God Almighty put sin upon his sinless Son to bear it once and for all, so that we might be forgiven as a people of God and not face the total and the destructive wrath of God. Let the story speak to you this day. And let me pray for us now. 
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we fall short. Lord, we are a sinful people. Lord, we see in David how he plotted, how, Lord, he was strategic, uh, not in his planning or plotting, Lord, to be a more godlike person, but uh, in fact rebelled against God's will, rebelled against, Lord, his own uh, fellow man. Lord, this hurts our hearts to read this, to know this. Lord, it also hurts our hearts when we uh, seek, Lord, our, our own destructive path rather than a righteous path. So forgive us, Lord, of our sins. Forgive those, Lord, who are destructive, Lord, in their own path, who are self-destructive, Lord. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you intervene into the hearts and minds of all of mankind, Lord. Bring that divine healing through your Holy Spirit. And we ask this now in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Church, you have a wonderful and blessed day, and I will look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. God bless.